I speak to you in the name of our one God, our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. Amen. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Yes, it's the nursery rhyme. And it's just a nursery rhyme. But there's something about the times in which we live and have lived for a while that sometimes we think we are on our own to put Humpty back together again. There are messes in our lives, there are things to be fixed, there are problems and issues in the world. Think school system in Washington, D.C. that desperately needs help to create greater equality of education. Think a broken marriage or relationship. Think a job that you're not so sure about and then that awful commute that you have to go through to get there. And then there's poverty in Sudan and fighting in Syria and the list goes on and sometimes we think, I just can't do this. It's way too much and we throw up our hands and we let Humpty Dumpty not be put back together again, lying broken on the side by the wall. And maybe that's true, maybe things are too great and too big and too troubling or just the way life is because we live in this DC area or whatnot. But maybe that isn't true. Maybe there is another way. And when we look at the reading from the Acts of the Apostles, we can see that God is active in the midst of all those people in that story. This is the story of the resuscitation of Tabitha, the rising again of Tabitha, who's also known as Dorcas. And what we see is that God is living in her through her. God is in her community. God is in Peter who comes to help. And in each of these ways, these people are not alone. They are not fixing their own messes alone. They are not putting their lives back together again. God is there healing, healing them, and bringing wholeness to them, and in surprising ways. So we see this with Tabitha. She is described as a disciple of Jesus. She's a disciple. That is how she's described. And this word is the feminine word for disciple. It is the only time it is used in the entire New Testament. Of course, there were many women disciples, but they were usually referred to in groups of, in, of, groups of disciples so that the masculine word was used for both the men and women disciples in those groups. Tabitha is unique, and it behooves us to pay attention to her because of this. She is defined by her discipleship. She does good works of compassion and mercy, that's how she's known. God is leading her and guiding her to do these works, to live out her discipleship this way. Specifically, she's working with these widows. She is bringing widows back into a community. Once a husband dies, the widows were usually left outside of society, but Tabitha is creating a life for them, a world for them in community. She is bringing healing to them. Notice that there is no man that she is attached to or family unit she is attached to either. She's not refer there's no husband referred to, no father, no children. It's possible that she too is a widow. And so she has gone through some healing process as well and now is bringing these widows into a place of healing all through the guidance 
and lead, following the leadership of the Spirit in her life. She is not alone. God is with her. And God is also with those in her community, leading and guiding them because they are mourning now Tabitha's dying. She's gotten sick and she has died and they are upset. They cannot believe that this woman who has been such a leader for them is gone. You've got these women who have bathed her body for the funeral ceremonies, but note that they don't anoint it. They don't anoint it because perhaps the Spirit is leading them to some hope that she indeed will live again. Then you have the disciples who run and go get Peter, who is in a nearby town. They know he's there. This is the way that the Spirit is guiding them to use the resources they have. Go find Peter. So they bring Peter, and then you have the widows who Tabitha has helped. They show Peter all these garments that she has made for them, the way that she has created this community, and they are weeping and mourning. They can't believe she's gone. They are not whole without her. So they ask Peter to do what he can. Again, they are not alone either. God is with them, guiding them, leading them to bring Peter into their midst for healing. And of course, Peter is not alone either. God has been with him and is with him. Now that Jesus has died, there is this expanded role for all these disciples, and Peter is part of that inaugural wave of Jesus' kingdom being spread over the earth. He has just been healing a man named Aeneas in the nearby town. Aeneas had been bedridden for eight years. And Peter prayed over him and was able to heal him. And as part of this expanded ministry, after this being with Tabitha and healing her, Peter will go on and will visit with a Gentile Cornelius and then will learn that indeed the good news is for both the Gentiles and the Jews and the good news will spread to all of these people in the area. But here we are, the scene with Tabitha and Peter does something unusual, unusual for a healing scene, a healing miracle. He shoes everyone away. He says, go away. And he sits alone and prays with God. He communes with God and God is with him and active in him. Peter is not alone here. God is with him. The Holy Spirit is with him. And there's this moment of community between God and Peter. And Peter does this surprising thing. He raises up Tabitha again, resuscitates her. I don't think Peter was praying for, for a cure. To pray for a cure is to tell God what to do. Peter was praying for healing, and healing is about being open to God's actions in surprising ways, and in the surprising way here was Tabitha's rising. And Peter prayed for that, and Tabitha indeed rose, and God was with Peter every step of the way. And God is with us, too, in those places where we need healing and in our brokenness. But the challenge for us is often that our survival mechanisms kick in, right? We put one foot in front of the other just to get to that job, just to stay in that marriage, just to get our kids to that school that's not perfect, just to try to make it through the day, to read the headlines, which can be often horrifying and depressing, and those survival mechanisms mean that we often crowd out those who might help. We hunker down with a spouse when we're sick or a best friend. 
and we just kind of sit and wait to get well. And by hunkering down, we create this cocoon around us that, yes, allows us to survive, but also maybe crowds out God in our midst. So that we not only are we closed off to God acting in us, so we can heal ourselves through God's power, but also God acting in the community around us, like Tabitha's community. And so we need to think about being open, open like Tabitha was to God working in her so she could be so compassionate, open to Tabitha's like Tabitha's community was to go get the help that they needed, and open like Peter to that deep relationship with God that allows for healing. When I was in high school, a woman who was just a little bit older than I had gone to Princeton and was dating a man who got into a terrible, terrible accident. His name is B.J. Miller, and he was electrocuted by a cable car, and he lost his right arm and his two lower legs beneath the knee. And 20 years old, he realized his life had changed dramatically. And as he woke up and began to understand what had happened, he was certainly in turmoil. And everyone was saying, and it was true, that his life would now be different. But they were also letting him know that he was, he was now different. He was separate. He was, his disability was going to make him outside the regular bounds of society and community. And he had this insight. He had this insight that indeed his life would be different, but he, in fact, was no different than anyone else. And the suffering and the hardship that he was going through were actually points of commonality with everyone else. And to be in a place of weakness, to be in a place where we need healing, is actually a defining characteristic of being a human. And once he understood that he shared in common this need for healing, that it wasn't divisive, but it was a commonality, he could begin to heal. And he has gone on to do absolutely extraordinary things. He redesigned his own artificial limbs, and they are now have been patented and are used by the military services to allow veterans and amputees from various uh, encounters and wars to actually go on to live good and fulfilled lives. He went on to become a doctor and specializes in hospice and palliative care and is working in, with very unique groups on end-of-life, dying with dignity and end-of-life care. And he has a prominent grant to integrate spirituality into the do doctor's education so that they too can think about how to balance especially end of life, but spirituality and the care that they give to their doctors. He was open to finding these commonalities, open to healing in a way that he couldn't even have imagined. He was surprised by God, surprised by God because he was open to being surprised, like Tabitha and her community and Peter. And so healing showed up in all these unusual ways, remarkable ways, in his life. And so this Easter season, I ask you to think about where those places are where you need healing and to understand, challenge yourself to understand that those are places of commonality with others. Grief, illness, challenge, job challenges, family challenges, sadness you feel after 
a school shooting or in face the face of poverty in front of you, all those places are places that we share our vulnerability, but also where we share the hope of healing. So I challenge you to find those places and to live into them as a shared experience. And then to be open to letting God surprise you. Surprise you in giving you healing, in creating a healing environment for you through your own strength and through those around you. Because you are not alone. You are not alone, and those around you are not alone either. God is working through all of us to create this wholeness, this healing, and that is truly to live in a resurrected life. Amen.